we're back. We had a bit of a break we weren't expecting, but we <laughs> we did. <laughs> but we were thoroughly prepared for it because I mean, we were so ahead. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It and was, I was very happy that we did that. Yeah, me too. And we're still still technically ahead. We're not even Yeah. We're not we're still not even recording the week of the episode that's being released, so. Right. We're still on top of it. I feel like we're uh what almost four years into this and we're finally like <laughs> how sad getting pod- <laughs> podcast scheduling down the way probably most other people podcast i know i know it's you know you gotta you gotta figure it out however you can so it's true that's what we've done that's right we're doing what we have to do so uh welcome to dizzy for dizzy i'm Kristen. i'm ashley and assuming you've probably already listened to the previous six episodes from this season you know we're about to discuss ashk 101 Volume 7, which is the penultimate episode of Season 1. Um, And it's kind of fun to be like, we're almost done with Season 1 of this show. I know. Because <laughs> it's only eight episodes. Crazy. <laughs> only eight episodes that are 30 to 45 minutes long. I know. This one was like 49, and both Ashley and I were like, oh, we have a long episode to watch tonight. <laughs> it's so funny how you get so like acclimated to mm-hmm. like whatever it is that we're doing this season because yeah 49 minutes is not long at all by any dc standard no especially ours considering the shows we've covered in the past yeah and yet now we already got so used to being able to churn out these like 30 40 minute episodes that we're like oh instead of so we're not double recording today seven and eight we're actually recording those separately we're taking it easy we're and taking only <laughs> episode since it was such a since long it was so episode. long um but yeah so and then just a little heads up for you guys when we drop episode eight which is obviously the season finale we'll probably take just like a maybe two week break on the podcast so that we can get caught up again on our recordings to be ahead mm-hmm. because this is done nothing if not prove we do need to be that far ahead because we have had things thrown at us that we just couldn't record for like three weeks so but we've been able to churn out a a weekly episode still for you guys and we want to continue to be able to do that so probably just a tiny little break between seasons and then we will dive directly into season two Mm -hmm. um so yeah i don't think i have any other housekeeping other than by the time you're probably hearing this episode it's been several several weeks since um the earthquakes over in Turkey and mm-hmm. Syria. Um, Ashley, when it, you know, Ashley recorded us a special introduction a few episodes back, and we're just going to continue to share those links. Um, mm-hmm. And at, if, if and when we get other links, updated links, uh, different, um, not companies. What am I trying to different organizations? Like, organizations. Thank you. Yeah. Different organizations who are doing things over the next several months will continue to share that because. Um, while it's probably not really high in the news cycle anymore, mm-hmm. the devastation and the aftermath is still very, very real um, and will be for months to come. So, yeah. Yeah. I so. think it was a good reminder that one of the people we were reaching out to to confirm some some things just kind of reminded us that something like this with this amount of devastation is – less a sprint and more a marathon as far as the relief goes so i think that's a good thing to just remember that as time goes on there's going to be a continued need for aid so however you guys can do that we understand it's not always uh that feasible for everybody to donate a bunch of money continuously but if something happens and you have a few dollars that you'd like to put towards the relief then obviously you know it's going to 
organizations that are legit and that where mm-hmm. the need the help is going to go to where the need actually is. Yes. The yeah, the path of least resistance <laughs> before yeah. it actually gets on the ground where yeah. it's needed the most. So, um yeah, so just a little reminder for that you guys before we before we dive into this. So, um other than that, I don't think I have anything so we can we can start talking about this episode which was Sweet really great i loved the opening oh scene it it's was like such a good episode like vindication uh for Burju. like i was so proud of her yeah i right after we finished recording ep- for episode six mm-hmm. that night i watched this episode oh you I did was you were like dying <laughs> oh my gosh i was i had to know what was gonna happen because they leave you on such a cliffhanger mm-hmm. with Burju. And then, of course, you had the opening scene. You see the ring laying there. I was like, oh, my gosh. I know. Oh, but then so you're, good. you're kind of let down because her stupid Roger fiance comes walking back up. Ugh. But then, like you said, you're, you're so proud of her because she's like, screw you. I'm done. Yeah, she really – I mean, because I think in a situation like this, it would be very easy to kind of just revert back to mm-hmm. what you um, – what kind of the status quo has been. Right. Especially now that you're not really on the greatest terms with the guy who – he's not the reason that she uh, broke up with him. Right. But he played a role in her realizing that she deserves better and that she doesn't want what it is that Roger wants. Like, he just wants a placating yeah. wife who – lives to serve her husband and is going to have dinner on the table at a certain time every night that, you know, all this stuff. And she's just realizing like, that's not what she wants. And he needs to go find that back home. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I love that while, you know, I didn't like take direct screenshots of her quotes, but Mm -hmm. I mean, she just basically says like, no, this is not what I'm, and you know, this is not what I want. And he kind of says like, well, you know, I'll take you out on the weekends kind of a thing. And she's like, oh, so I'm basically something to be put on a shelf all week to do your bidding. And then you'll right. reward me by, quote, taking me out on the weekends. Like, Yeah. She says something like, I'm I'm not just going to be your servant mm-hmm. so that you can reward me by taking me out. This isn't what this is about at all. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't get it. And then he's just like – and then he kind of inadvertently like incriminates himself further because he's kind of like, if this is about the money, I can explain. And yeah. she's like, what are you even talking about? I don't even I don't even know about any of your financial stupidity until you brought it up. Because mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going to make it right. That stupid kid. I can't like, you know, or however – you know, he probably told you and she's like, I don't even know who you're talking about, what you're talking about. You are right. the one who told me. Like, get out. We are done. Get. I've never loved a get more than yeah. I have that one. Yeah. Because, yeah. So it was just it was just really nice because, um, you know, she, like I said, she kicks him out. We obviously get the little, you know, uh, sneak peek that Horny Hunnam is at the door. He lets her in. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, because we switch over to uh, Kimal's house mm-hmm. and you hear a knock at the door and you're like, oh, it's going to be Burju. And of course, you, it's the big letdown and it's not. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, Horny Hanum shows up. And then, of course, as it always happens, when you uh, hear another knock on the door, it ends up being Burju this time. Mm-hmm. She misunderstands. She throws his jacket at him and leaves right away. 
So and, and he gives a little chase there, despite horny on him being there in his house. Like he could care, oh. he could not care less that she is, you know, there after something. Oh, he yeah. is just like, wait, let me explain. Um, and he was also just trying to get her out of his house. Like, oh yeah, he he realizes I don't really want to actually do anything with this lady. Mm-hmm. I need to just get her out of here. Yeah, so that I'm not, you know. So she's not misunderstanding me. Right, right. So, um, you know, but Bert, like I said, like you already said, Birdju tosses his coat at him. That was obviously going to be her excuse for stopping by, was returning mm-hmm. his coat that the kids had given back to her to make it clear it was not Roger who shared his coat with him, with right. Sinon, that it was actually Kimmel. Right. Love that. And so we kind of put a pin in that because the next morning – um, our little gang of misfits all wind up meeting up at the little, you know, food stand and they're eating, <laughs> they're eating yeah. Borek and, uh, that, that Borek looked so good. It looked delicious like, and I flaky and cheesy. Go to Turkey to just get some <laughs> from a little stand like that. <laughs> Cause you know, there's probably nothing like it. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yes. And then when Edda finally shows up. Mm-hmm. she finally is like, I want some of that too. And everybody's yeah. kind of like, what? Because, you know, she pretty much doesn't eat. She like, you know, I don't know that it, she's necessarily, quote, starving herself, but she definitely doesn't indulge right. because she's right. about her image and all that. And now she's clearly, this is a symbolic gesture of her letting that go mm-hmm. and just enjoying the small things. And so, you know, we get, we get a little moment for them. Um mm-hmm. Because then we fl- – this is when we flash forward, I think, to the present. And Ashuk is kind of reflecting on that moment we just saw. And she's kind of saying, like, that was kind of the defining moment for them mm-hmm. as a group where things kind of changed. And they're they're not just a group that happens to have, you know, their troublemaking tendencies in common. Mm-hmm. But they're actually, like, a group that's going to be there for each other. Yeah, she says something to the effect of, like, we we had changed each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that is is the moment they all sort of realized, oh, we're actually friends. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't just us being bound by one cause and trying not to get kicked out of school. This has evolved into a totally different situation. Yeah. Especially the fact that Ashik is now very much within the group when in the first place she didn't really have a reason to join their group Mm-mm. uh they just needed her to they needed her good girl right you know, badge essentially to accomplish their goal it wasn't really about mm-hmm. welcoming her and in, welcoming her into their fold and she very much is a part of their fold at this point Right. And another little detail that we get that has been happening the past few episodes is in this future situation, Mm -hmm. things keep breaking on the house. And it feels very symbolic Mm -hmm. because Ashok is just getting continually more frustrated. The time is passing. People aren't showing up. Things are breaking. Things are not turning out the way that she obviously had expected them to. So it's all kind of a very interesting um, symbolism and potential foreshadowing Mm -hmm. for what's going to be happening in the future. Uh, But right at the end of this little quick flash forward, we hear a knock on the door. Mm -hmm. So, But we don't get to see who it is yet. Yes. And this is the first time she really gets frustrated with it 
Right. Because she – this is when she throws that bottle of wine and mm-hmm. it breaks, right? Because she's just like – like she's kind of reached her wit's end. Right. Because before she would just kind of like navigate around it and like, oh, man, but like still go about what she needed to do. And this was right. like, what the heck am I even doing? And then, yeah, you're right. And as she's about to lose that hope, someone – someone shows up. Someone actually shows up. Yeah. So we're back in 1998 and Barack and his buddies have basically decided it's time for Karem to pay up for, you know, right. messing with them about Edda. Yeah. I guess embarrassing him. I guess this is like the the yeah. real reason that it all boils down to. Yeah. Which so. it's like, wow, the fragile ego of this young man. Mm-hmm. Good grief. Yep. What's the... Yeah, the to- the toxic masculinity existed even I mean. even way back in the nineties. Um, he's saved by a teacher for now because they're in the bathroom, so they're about to do whatever they're gonna do. And right. the teacher walks in and just says hi, and they're kind of like, okay, so. Um, but not for long because we see the brand new chemistry lab that has just opened up. The principal, I keep forgetting his name, so I just kept calling him the anti building, but. Nejdet. Nejdet, that's right. Mm-hmm. He's like preening like a peacock because he wound up like naming it after him because the guy who actually right. donated it was like, I don't really care about it being named after me. I just want the kids to be able to benefit from this. Like, right. So, of course, Nejdet named it after himself. And it's like, it looks like it's very state of the art, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's funny because this, the whole even like them you know, having a scene in the last episode with this lab and then this episode we have this scene. I'm like, okay, clearly something is going to happen with this lab. <laughs> Who cares about a new science lab in the school? That much, there yeah. Has- <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was pretty obvious, you know, that we're getting a look at this wonderful, amazing, pristine <laughs> lab <laughs> for a reason. And, you know, it takes like, 10 more seconds for right. us to see why. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Osman's kind of catching some rumblings, you know, from his little network. Right. So he he's about to find out something's going to happen. And essentially, Barack and his little buddies gang up on – doesn't somebody – he thinks somebody, like, called him to the lab, right? Like a teacher or something? I can't remember. Yeah, because he, he walks in saying, like, oh, you know, Hojam – you called for me, and so clearly he thinks that a teacher asked for him to meet the teacher in the lab. Right. But it's just a setup because he's going to get jumped. Yeah. That's all that it is. Yes. So that's exactly what happens. But each of our little gang starts arriving one by one because Osman does figure out, like, right. oh, shoot. So he tells Sinan, like, hurry up, get to the lab. Like, Well, he's like, we, do you know where Karem is? We oh, have to find him. That's he doesn't right. know he's in the lab. That's right. And Sinan is the first one to find where he actually is. Okay. And then he jumps into the fight. Uh, this was so fu- – like, all I kept thinking while I was watching the scene was they had to have so much fun yes. shooting this. Oh, for sure. I was going to say – because it probably had to be done in one take. Because can you imagine having to reset all of There's that and no do way. another take? Like With the fake glass and the the blood and like everything totally – they absolutely <laughs> destroyed everything. Everything. It- <laughs> another, another thing. Sorry. Uh, this episode – I know that we've talked about the music of this mm. show many mm-hmm. times already. But this episode with – 
first of all, with Burju saying uh, her Evelyn istiorum istemiorum, and then Edith Piaf starting to play, I was like, this is so beautiful. Girl, yes. Because I love Edith Piaf. If you guys don't know who she is, she was a French singer, very tragic life. There's an amazing movie called La Vie en Rose <laughs> that's about her life, and Marion Cotillard plays her. It is all in French, but who cares? You guys are used to subtitles. I was just going to say, uh, our <laughs> listeners do not care about that. She won an Academy Award for her uh, mm-hmm. for that movie. It's so, so, so good if you have any interest in – the story of like a very very iconic French mm. singer. You need to watch that movie. Um, I remember we were roommates when that movie came out, and you and our friend Vanessa like yeah. went and saw it. And then we I had bo- to drive to LA because yep. it was one of those kind of you know um, artsy, mm-hmm. more artsy films where you're not going to be able to just see it at your local Cinemark. Mm-hmm. So we had to drive all the way out, but we were like, oh, that was amazing. Well, and I'm almost <laughs> positive we watched. With the Oscars at our house that year. And like, I think you guys got to like see her win live. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm like happy that just like triggered that memory. Yeah. Um, anyway, but that first of all, and then, <laughs> and then Franz uh, Ferdinand. Ferdinand. Yeah. <laughs> with this fight scene, I was like, man, this is so good. So good. Oh my goodness. I think we got some Nina Simone after that too. Um, uh huh. After the Franz Ferdinand song finished. But yeah, so this great soundtrack for them to just be beating the tar out of one another. Yeah. And again, them all jumping in to defend Karem. Mm-hmm. And gosh, when is it when Sinan sees like Ishuk has been like cut yeah. on her arm? Listen, this is like a. When this happens in a romance novel, mm. like when the hero sees that the heroine has been hurt. And he goes feral. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're like, the, yes. The, <laughs> we, we call it the who did this to you. Because if they didn't actually witness the, you know, uh, happening of whatever the harm is, right. emotional or physical. Right. Yeah, and they just they like hulk out, and they mm-hmm. <laughs> so good, so right, and good. and it's always the best when they're really doing their best to contain their rage, mm-hmm. and, and and if especially if it's from the heroine's perspective, and she just notices some unknown emotion uh-huh. passing over his face, and you know as the reader that he's fighting his rage so hard, mm-hmm. like there was a, some really great instances of that in. Duke of Shadows. Yes. They're really like, oh, he's controlling himself, but he wants to just freak out. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Yes. I I just love that so much. Uh Uh-huh. So good. So we get a little high school version taste of that with Sinan. Um, I mean, and same with Karem, really, because once Edda jumps into the fold and she, I mean, she's scrappy. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, does her darndest. But, of course, those guys are just like, our women. Like, they, right. so they just turn it up. And by the end, it is just, yeah, it's a war zone in there. Like, it is just horribly, it's unusable. This is no chemistry lab any longer. No. Well, and and I think this scene was important because it really showcased the fact that they all have each other's backs. Yeah, absolutely. Because in a situation like this in earlier episodes, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have a reason to jump in and help Karem. Like, no. Because they just – they were all – like I said, the only thing they had in common was just the fact that they all kind of got in trouble a lot. 
Right. But if that had been happening, they might have been like, oh, that sucks. But I don't know. Or even if they did jump in and get involved, it would have been for their own just like, okay, I want to get into trouble. Not because they're necessarily trying to help him. Right. I guess a good contrast would be the scene from, I want to say it's episode one, Mm -hmm. with the debate Mm -hmm. and how they all had a hand in causing chaos during that instance and that situation. But it wasn't because they were helping each other. Right. It was because they all were bored or looking for whatever, not wanting to deal with life. Mm -hmm. They were all just focused on themselves. Yes. Whereas in this situation – They're like, oh, no, you're not going to do that to my friend. Mm -hmm. I have to jump in here and help. Yeah. Love it. We love to see it. So, yeah. So that scene goes on for quite a while, like we said. But it just ends with everyone's down and out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, you know, so we – again, we put a pin in that. We flash back over to what Burju's dealing with. And basically her family, Roger's family, everyone's calling to be like, what the heck were you thinking? Like, listen, this is – and this is really stuff that happens. Like, this transcends just being Turkish or any specific culture. But, like, there are so many instances where I think women have realized I probably shouldn't be marrying this guy. Mm. But the wedding is planned. Or things are paid for and they – Well, and let's let's be real here. Not just the women, okay? Yes, This happens true. to men as well. That's true. I know of an yeah. actual person <laughs> yeah. who pretty much knew mm-hmm. that he should not marry the person he was about to get married to. And he did. And he did. Yeah. So – And uh, so, no, you're you're absolutely right. You're you're right. It is, it is not just specific to women. Um. But, like, because this is the kind of crap that they deal with then afterwards. Rather than, like, hey, what happened? It must have, like, for you to do something this drastic, like, wow, you know, not – anyways, like, I don't know. That just really got me thinking as she's, like, sitting there trying to placate her mom, tell her dad – like, her dad's, like, I'm having heart problems now because of you kind of a thing. Her her ex-future mother-in-law is, like – my precious son. Don't even get me started on boy moms. But like it, it and I'm just like, this is why this is why people marry people when maybe they realize they shouldn't before they actually marry them. Yeah. Because look at all the drama they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like I, I've been listening to a lot of um I survived. I don't know if you ever used to watch that show on like Lifetime, mm-hmm. but they've turned it into a podcast. Oh. So I've been listening to it. And there's so many times when it's a situation where it's, like, the woman's husband and not just, like, you know, a stranger. There's so many times. There was one that I just listened to and she was. She was, like, you know, I I started to realize I there were red flags. I noticed them. I acknowledged them. And then, you know, she's, like, and I even had the opportunity. She's, like, my dad gave me the opportunity before the church doors opened, like, and said, like, are you sure you want to do this? You don't have to do this. We can leave right now. But it was like, no, how can I know? Like, what? And it was just like, no, there's all these people in there. This is what's expected of me. I can't just do that. And obviously, she's looking back and saying, like, I I wish I had taken that opportunity that my dad gave me. Um, So anyhow, um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe because I was listening to that a lot and then saw that scene, I was just like, Mm. oh, stop, like – 
find like check on them, ask them what happened, yeah. especially if you're someone yeah. close to them and you care about them. But don't initially make them feel like horrible or awful for what they did when you don't even really know what the situation is or what led her to that. So, yeah. well, and then you find out later that it's all Roger's fault that mm-hmm. he's the one who started spreading the news on the little town grapevine, mm-hmm. and he's the one, he's totally the reason that she was getting all of those calls, Ugh. which is like, oh, cool. You, yeah. 10 more reasons for her not to marry. I was just going to say, and you think that's going to convince her to be like, you know what? I was yeah. definitely wrong. Like, I do need to marry you. Thank God you told everybody what happened and they (laughs) all attacked me. (laughs) Oh, stupid man. Stupid Roger. So, uh, yeah. So we get that. Then she's – so she's kind of already stressed. Her She's sidetracked. She's got stuff on her mind. But when she gets to work, uh, Nezda is like – like grabs her arm and drags her to the teacher's lounge because he's like, guess what your kids did? Nah, nah, nah. Like – well, and everybody's pissed at her, though. People are talking about her as she walks into the school. They're like, it's all her fault that they're still here in yep. the first place. So she's having a terrible day. Oh, for sure. Um, don't mind Zuzu, you guys. That just happens. Uh, sometimes Jack and Zuzu need to insert their thoughts and opinions. But anyhow, um, yeah. So, like, she's already dealing with the drama from – their family members and now the people at work are mad at her because she advocated for these kids and her reasoning for it like is good but they don't see that all they see is you know these horrible kids on the surface they need to go look what they did right and the ironic thing here specifically they aren't even the ones who started it right but who's gonna believe them right no nobody what sucks (laughs) exactly and so you know he's like no we're gonna go deal with this right now and um, so meanwhile, we'll see what the kids are up to. And, you know, they're kind of quarantined off in their little mm-hmm. trouble room. And Sinan is just telling a ship that because she's like, oh, look at you, you know, because like his face is beat up, all this stuff. And he's like, well, don't worry. Thinking about you makes me feel better or like <laughs> makes me forget about the pain. And uh, it's and- funny. They're all just still so Twitter pated. Yes. Though they know that they're totally screwed. <laughs> Except for Osman, it's just him and his hazelnuts, and he's like, what the heck are we going to do? Like, yeah. we really screwed the pooch here, you guys. Um, And then they actually wind up asking him. I forgot about this. Oh, um, yeah. Like, it's a shook, isn't it? Yeah. Like, why Why do you always have hazelnuts? Because he's like, we got to figure out what we're going to do. Starts passing out hazelnuts to everyone. And he just says it's because he gets low blood sugar, so he just needs a quick way to <laughs> – that's why he's always eating. Mm-hmm. He just needs some food sometimes. So, yeah. So we've got Ed and Krem being googly-eyed with each other. And, um, yeah. So Burju is, like, scrambling. She's like, what the heck am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know if I can get the kids out of this. Because at this point, I think it only takes a majority vote, not a unanimous right. they don't vote. They all 12. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so she's, like, trying to think fast. Mind you, the last interaction she's had with Kimal was, like, not great because, mm-hmm. you know. But she sees him and immediately runs up to him. And she just mm-hmm. knows instinctually he's going to do this for her. Yeah. And it actually insp- – I love one of the scenes that happens later that we're going to get to. It's, like, one of my favorite scenes. But With Sinan. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> you know, I'm all you know already. So – she just whispers in his ear and she's like, I need you to pull the fire alarm and I need you to do it now. Like, I don't mm-hmm. have time to explain. And she runs off. So with zero explanation, 
of this, as far as he knows, woman engaged to another man Uh who showed up at his house last night and then immediately took off when he had company. Uh He just is like, I guess I'm going to go pull a fire alarm right now. (laughs) It was beautiful. It was a beautiful moment when that fire alarm went off. We live for it. (laughs) So she basically uses it as a distraction. So that she can get gather the kids and just figure out what the heck happened. Like, why did you right. do this? What led to this? And, you know, it's a good moment with her and the kids because yeah. she realizes right away what it, what the core of it really was. And she's like, oh, you were defending one another. Right. Yeah. And so – but at, at that point, you know, she, she knows it's probably not going to happen today because of the fire alarm situation. By the way, the way everybody was freaking out and rushing out of there, I was like, guys, do some fire drills. Yeah, I was just going to say, are fire drills not a thing over there? (laughs) Especially like that teacher, she's freaking out and just books it. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like a captain abandoning (laughs) the ship. Yeah, like at least try to get the kids out, ma'am. Oh my goodness. Um, Anyway, she, she essentially lets them know, like, look. I understand why you did it. You guys were protecting each other. But there's nothing I'm going to be able to do here. And I may have delayed it, but you need to talk to your parents because mm-hmm. officially I have no more power because they don't need the unanimous vote anymore. Yeah. And it was – I thought it was really good and a, another kind of really telling thing as far as her character development mm-hmm. because as she's turning to leave, Sinan asks her, like, so – why did you vote like that in the first place? Why did you keep us from getting expelled all those times? Mm-hmm. And he's because, you know, he she thinks he's talking about right then. And she's like, no, there's nothing I can do. He's like, no, no, no. Originally. Mm-hmm. And she says, it's because I was afraid. It was scary. I voted no each time because I couldn't just play with someone's life. And then Osman is like, and now (laughs) she's like, well, now I think differently. I think differently about being brave enough to be different. I mean, you're all so different and I know how hard it is to be different or just to be yourself. I get it now. So she clearly, with everything she's been dealing with, Mm -hmm. is coming to understand better who she actually is and what she actually wants in her life. And because of that, she's going to stick up for these kids, not just because she's afraid for their future and right. afraid for what will happen to them, but because of what she actually believes in. I loved that. I had to rewatch that scene because initially when she's like, well, now I feel differently, the, the way it's translated, it makes it seem like, well, now I feel differently and I don't care. I'll mess with your life. Right. Even though we know that's obviously not what she's saying because that's not who right. she is. So then when I was like, oh, no, she's just further explaining now. Why she still has that same stance, but it's not a place of fear or not wanting to, quote, mess with someone's life, but because it's about, yeah, standing up for who you are, even when it's different from the status quo, Mm -hmm. even when it goes against the grain. Um, Because, yeah, she's having that growth herself. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's just really cool to see that, like, she, the kids are clearly learning from her, but she's kind of learning from them, too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, because technically they kind of are the reason she's starting to see this stuff because they pushed her and Kim all together. Right. It kind of started her realizing like her life could be a different path, whether it's with what I love, too, is that even after she went to 
Kimmel's, mm-hmm. saw what she saw and kind of had those hopes dashed. Mm-hmm. She does not just then go running back to Roger like, right. well, I guess this is what I ha- – like. so I just love that it shows she didn't break up with him for Kimmel. Mm-hmm. She broke up with him for her. And despite that, she would still rather be alone. She would rather be with herself than settle for the life that he wants her to have. Yeah, it's really interesting. I happened to watch a YouTube video yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was <laughs> you know sometimes the the title just catches you and yes. you're like, Oh, this is interesting. I wonder what they're gonna say. Clickbait at its finest, yes. Totally. <laughs> And it happened to be – the guy's talking about relationships, essentially. Mm-hmm. But one of the things he was talking about, I was like, that's actually a really nice way to put that concept into words and kind of a metaphor. He's, he essentially was saying every person needs to figure out what their North Star is as far as what they want from a relationship mm-hmm. because that's going to be different for different people. Mm-hmm. If your North Star is to have a committed relationship that lasts – for a long time that is, you know, um, dedicated to just one person and spending time with that person Mm -hmm. and you want to invest in them, you want them to invest in you, then you really need to figure that out and you need to take the steps in your life accordingly Mm -hmm. and pursue the relationships that fit to keep you on that trajectory. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because we're going over this episode and it really feels like that's what Burju is doing. She's figuring out what her North Star is as far as her future mm-hmm. and a re- the relationship and the type of relationship that she wants. Right. And she realized that Roger can't give that to her. No. Nope. Because what Roger's North Star is, is a, you know, quaint wife who stays at home and does his bidding and takes care of him and her only aim is to be a good wife and take care of her husband but that's not what Burju wants and she has now come to that realization so I was like this is really a fitting way to kind of like see the perspective of that yeah a specific example yeah, that's a really good point. What was the – okay, so what was the clickbait title that had you go, oh, I have to watch oh, this? Oh, it was something about red flags. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, which I was like, I, what, I wonder what the red flag is, even though I'm a very happily married woman. <laughs> oh, yeah. I lo- it's it's like, you know, it's loving – It's interesting. Yeah, it's like loving to scream, sing a good breakup anthem when, like, I that's not even remotely where I'm at in my life. Right. But, hey, yeah. sometimes, you know. So, no, I get that. Um. Yeah, so they, after that very impassioned, you know, Mm -hmm. speech, the kids kind of realize, okay, we do need to start talking to our families. I think this might be the end of the road. We might Mm -hmm. need to start accepting that. And it's funny because we kind of circle back to that later. Kim all says something very similar later. Mm -hmm. And I like that. But before that, we have a couple, you know, we pan around the aftermath of everything we get a few stolen glances between Burju and Kimal from like across mm-hmm. the quad and all that stuff. So it's like it seems they're at least at a neutral place. Um, they can coexist and, you know, work with one another and right. whatnot. So Kimal, because I can't remember now. Oh, no, it's Sinan who asks him. But Kimal winds up – is. Is there a discussion that happens? I didn't take a note because Kimal winds up seeking out Sinan. Yeah, he goes to their little corner where they always are, and he sees Kimal. But nothing is said before bef- that, or that nothing is said before that that we know of that 
sends him there, right? Okay, I couldn't no. remember. So I think he's just curious. He wants to know what happened for himself. So That's he right. goes to Sinan and he's like, okay, why? tell me what happened. Yeah, why yeah. did I have to set off a fire alarm? Yeah. That's right. Because it's funny. He obviously knew it was for the sake of those kids, even though mm-hmm. Birdju didn't say that. So, yeah. okay, now I'm remembering. So it's funny because Sinan's like, well, why do you care about us? <laughs> like, Because he basically says like how funny it is that Birdju just went and told you to pull a fire alarm. And you went and did it. Like, no question, no this. Like, Sinan totally gives him crap for that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so he's like, it kind of sounds like you care. And it's just, it's good. I just love, I don't know. I love that the two of them kind of shared this, I don't know, you can really call it a heart to heart, but a moment. Right. Um, You know. Um, And does he say anything else at that moment about them as I'm I think I'm mixing up a moment between him and Virgil later or and him and Sinon right now other than like him asking why and Sinon kind of being like well why'd you just go do that without even asking for reasoning yeah I is that kind of the essential I think that's the basic of yeah of the conversation okay because he basically is like she gave you an order and you blindly obeyed. How sweet. <laughs> and I think he did say something like, yeah, I guess I do care or something. Like, something right. like that. Like, well, I guess maybe I do care. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think if they do have that conversation mm-hmm. and Xenon does explain, I don't think we see that. Okay. I couldn't remember because I know there's something that Kimal says later in the episode and I just couldn't remember if that was between him and Xenon or not. But Right. Um, they do share a si- – or at least – he takes a cigarette and Sinon lights it for him. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny. Teachers drinking with their students and smoking with their students. Geez. Smoking on campus. <laughs> on campus, no less. Yeah. So um, we get some more stolen glances at school either later the next day, whatever it is, mm-hmm. between him and Burju. And I said, man, why does he look so good in his little monochrome 90s outfit? Because it's like. I know. It's ridiculous. It's absurd in his hair swoop and his like It's against all odds. <laughs> well, and like he looks so like sweet and vulnerable looking at her, but still very like rough and rugged and like the, I don't <laughs> I was thinking about this the whole time as I was rewatching this episode. Uh-huh. I'm like, what is it about him that it's like you look at him and you're like that's a man. Yes. No, seriously. <laughs> seriously. Because we've talked about how he's not like conventionally what you would call attractive. Mm-hmm. But there's something about him. Mm-hmm. You're like, that is a man. Yep. It's, oh, so good. <laughs> so good. I don't know. Maybe Khan will come on and chat with us and tell I, us about please, it. Please, sir. He's quite fluent in the English language. So please explain your your sex appeal to <laughs> us. We'd very much appreciate it. As would probably each and every one of our listeners. Amen. <laughs> really just be doing us a service. Um so yeah, I don't know. There's just something about that specific outfit, that look, that I don't know, it's just like we oh, we have to discuss this. So Ed and Karem are in their, you know, happy bubble. The kids mm. go home. 
I'm sorry, before that, the kids go home and kind of start to tell their families. And we get to see the different varying reactions based on their family lives. And, you know, it go, you know, with Edda, it's like, well, then I guess we need to get you transferred so this doesn't totally ruin your reputation. You can finish school in France. They're just kind of already going about making these plans, not asking her in any way what she wants, how she wants to handle this, anything like that. Um, Karem's dad is, you know, basically like, well, shocker, my failure son does something to fail and all, you know, just completely just beating on him mentally and emotionally. Um, And I said, poor Sinan has nobody to tell because his dad can't even be bothered to have a conversation with him. His grandpa just barely exists on the couch. Osman's hurt, though, because what, like, it was like, because you just see his parents love him his dad loves him so much his dad is so proud of him and he's like you're not one to be kind of held down by your circumstances you work hard and i know you basically you're not going to have the same life that like i you know your mom and i have you're gonna Mm -hmm. do better but also he's kind of like so what happened that like you know that you would you would do this that you would let it get to this point that now it's going to um it's going to like basically put your future into question, you know. Yeah. Um, you're risking your future because now you're you might not even be able to finish school, and yeah, Osman's is hard because it's like a I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Yeah, like you Ooh. and because you can just tell out of all of them, he's the one saying it with so much love. Like he, yeah. his dad is saying it with love because even Ishuk's parents, like they're just mad. And, like you just started hanging out with that bad crowd and yeah. yada Look yada what yada. What they did to our princess, right? Yeah, uh, and then Karem was interesting because Daddy was gonna fix things, even mm-hmm. though he was pissed. But Karem's like, "No, you're not. You're not gonna do anything. And mm-hmm. if you do anything, I will embarrass you." Because which, because that's the reason Daddy was gonna fix it was mm-hmm. to save himself the embarrassment, not because he actually cares about his son and wants his son to have another chance. It's how is this yeah. going to reflect on me, your father? Yep. And yeah, I love that Karem's like, "Well, no." This is my thing to take care of. So, no, you're not going to do anything or I will give you something to be embarrassed about. And who can blame him? Like, who can blame him for having that reaction? Yeah. We also – there's also a little situation with Sinan Mm -hmm. when he calls his dad and then we pan up and we see – sorry, guys – that the the painting is gone. The painting that Ashik <gasps> loves is gone. That's so his dad right. came back to the house. Had time after for that. Sinan told him, don't take that one. Mm-hmm. He came back to the house and still took the painting. Ugh. But doesn't have time to have a conversation with his son. Right. That he doesn't right. even know what it's about because he won't even ask. It's just like, well, I've, I'm busy with the twins. Can we talk later? And you yeah. know later means never. Never. Um, yes. Okay. I... Totally forgot about that. And now it makes the final scene make a heck of a lot more sense. Um, I mean, I knew the painting was going to disappear at some point because I've seen this show before. But, like, I right. didn't – I totally missed that scene this episode while watching. Um, so, yeah. Ugh, just all the more – like, that man is so unredeemable. With the – Oh, yeah. He's a, probably a character with the least amount of screen time ever that I have held so much <laughs> – disdain for (laughs) yeah yeah because he's terrible Mm -hmm. so then um the next day right yeah it's the next day oh well sinan finds a shook's hair tie that's right yes 
Oh, yeah, the next day at school, right? Or he finds it that night at, like, outside of his house. But then the next day at school, we see him, like, pulling out his notebook and his pen, like, in class. Like, he's showing yeah. up on time. Like, is he actually going to start caring about school? Well, and Ashik is in, on house arrest, basically, mm-hmm. by her parents' bidding. Good grief. So, yeah. So Ed and Kramer in their little happy bubble about to kiss, even though everything is going to crap around them. Uh-huh. But the rest of the group kind of shows up as that's about to happen. And right. um, Edda winds up telling them, hey, by the way, here's a little dose of reality. I think my parents uh-huh. are going to send me to France to right. finish school. Um, and then we pan to present day. And who is it at the door? It's Edda. It is Edda. Well, and before we switch, the boys basically end up telling her, like, hey, save yourself. Do mm-hmm. do what you have to do. Yeah. Even even Karem, who is obviously not happy to see her mm-hmm. go, but he's, like, they're all kind of telling her, your record isn't as bad as ours. Yeah. We wouldn't even be able to transfer anywhere. So if you, this is what you need to do, then do what you have to do. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So we have our first guest. And mm-hmm. it is Ida. And is that all we see before it pans back over? Yes, that's it. Just that we finally got to see that it's her. Yeah. Um. So we have a very exhausted, maybe conflicted Burju. Mm-hmm. Not conflicted about Roger, but just all the things happening around her. Right. Her phone is ringing. She's finally ignoring it because all it is we know is just going to be people harping on her for canceling her engagement and wedding. Yeah. Uh, the doorbell's ringing incessantly, so she gets up to answer it, and it's Roger, and Gosh. she's just like, basically, nobody wants you here. She continues to stand her ground. Like, well, because he starts acting like, I understand, you were drunk, you didn't know what you were doing, and she's like, boy, I knew exactly what I was mm-hmm. doing. And I'm not drunk now, and I still stand by it. Yeah. Goodbye. You know, tells him to leave, get out of here, shoves him out the door. Like, mm-hmm. I just love that she continues to stand her ground because yeah. it would be very easy, like you said, just to kind of give into that, knowing what you're settling for, knowing this isn't what you want, but it's maybe just what you know, it's what's comfortable, everything else is stressful. Yeah. But no, she doesn't. She sends him packing. So, um, Within a few minutes, though, the doorbell is ringing again, and she's like, you have got to be kidding me. And so she is geared for a fight when she opens that door, and she's like, what is it now? And, like, opens the door, and it's Kim Bay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so he came um, to basically help her brainstorm mm-hmm. because he knows that's what she's going to be doing is trying to figure out a way for these kids to be saved yeah. and not get kicked out. But then he's like, oh, is your fiancé not home? Well, I brought this so you don't get any ideas. And I'm assuming it's a gift for her engagement. Or, like, I just thought maybe, like, it was, like, the school rule book or something, maybe? Like, for them to It was, like, a little gift bag. Oh, okay. So when they're flipping through books later, I was like, oh, he must have just brought her, like, their book of rules or something for them to find, like, a loophole in. But I guess you're right. Yeah, maybe it was just, like, a random engagement gift. Okay, okay. I think she's – he says something before coming in because I don't know if she makes a comment like, oh, you're not busy tonight, you know, or with like – Billy with or whatever her mm-hmm. name is. Yeah, yeah. And he's like uh, – basically like, 
I don't owe you an explanation for that. Uh-huh. So after he walked, but she's like, he's like, I just want to talk about the students. And so she's like, come in. And as he walks away, she mutters under her breath, like, well, then you don't deserve an explanation either. So right. to me, that was like her being like, well, I'm not telling you I broke up with him then. Like, right. whatever. I'll just accept this gift mm-hmm. and we'll go in and do our thing. Yeah. So they're reading. They're trying to figure out if there's any kind of loophole, some kind of something right. they can use. And he, she's like, the the tea's almost ready. It's so funny because, like, earlier in the episode, she's, like, refusing to make tea for Roger. Like, no, you can make it yourself. Yeah. But she's making tea for her and Kim all because, obviously, he's not demanding it. So it's something she's, like, happy to do for them. Right. Make us both some tea. But he's like, mm, I think we need something stronger than tea. And she's like, like, what? And he's like, like, alcohol. He's like, you get more creative when you drink. <laughs> So good, but so clearly they've been trying to figure stuff out, and they kind of start having a conversation. And he's like, "You know, it might be time to just consider that they just might need to accept their fate." Not because mm-hmm. I want to, you know. And he's he he makes it pretty clear it's not because he wants them in trouble or wants to see them right. fail or whatever. But basically, our actions do reveal who we are. Right. Our actions do have consequences, mm-hmm. and. Like, maybe it's time to let them live their own destiny. Yeah. Because there are times, and this is where it kind of becomes a double-edged talk, because he's, Mm -hmm. I think he's talking about himself where she's concerned, talking about accepting, you know, defeat gracefully. Right. And things like that. And so I kind of felt like that was a little bit of a nod to the fact that she's engaged and, Right. Yeah, because he says, like, he even says, let me tell you something I learned recently. Yeah. Acknowledging your weakness is good. If you think you've done everything you can, you have to accept it gracefully, like you just said. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, I wonder what you're talking about, mm-hmm. Kimal Bay. <laughs> but it's also admirable that that's the road he's taking. Like, right, you know, right. So, um, so yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, so we we're kind of getting this idea that like, well, it sounds like maybe, like, sounds like maybe there's not going to be much they can do, and they're going to have to navigate, right the real possibility that they could be expelled from school. Right. So uh, Sinan shows up at Ashok's house. He's like dre- – he's got his tie <laughs> on. He's like dressed all, you know, appropriately. And, of course, her mom is initially like, what the heck do you want? Yeah. You're the reason my daughter's in trouble, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, she wasn't at school today and I actually took notes and was hoping to give them to her so she doesn't get behind on her schoolwork. Yeah, we started a new topic. I'm concerned about her. And he says all the right things. He asks for chocolate milk. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so good. So she's like, fine. Let's him go upstairs. The door has to stay open. Do the uh-huh. schoolwork. But it's so sweet because I don't yeah. – Ashok clearly wasn't expecting that. Right. And so, yeah, they sit there and he's going over the things with her about World War One and – Right. You know, art and Dadaism and all the Mm -hmm. different things. And like as he's like showing her, you know, the notes and stuff, like their knuckles are brushing against each other Mm -hmm. on their face. It's just it's just adorable and sweet and chaste and I love it. Yeah. And then we switch over and we actually end up seeing Ida because her parents Mm -hmm. are about to sign the uh, transfer papers or whatever letter it is they're writing to ask for her acceptance into this school Mm -hmm. um, abroad. But then she tells them to wait. So 
that maybe means Abruptly. she's going to stick around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't – that's all we get, so we're not going to know until next episode. Yeah, but I like that – obviously, clearly, she's like – because it was a like it was a very abrupt and bold, like, wait. Like, maybe she's finally going to insert and share, like, her passion, what she wants to do, mm-hmm. and how she wants to go about that. So, but yeah, like you said, we, all we get after she says that is a flash to present Edda. Right. And, you know, they – they're talking and I think Ashok says something like, yeah, like honestly, ever since like our bond and friendship, like it's mm-hmm. been hard to form other friendships that are like deep like that. Um, right. And it is like, yeah, but kind of agreeing like seriously, because integrity and in real friendship in this world is hard to come by. It's like a rare commodity nowadays. Right. And um. So Ishuk's like, well, should we, you know, should we start eating some of this boric I, I made? And um, Ed is like, you know what? Before we do that, I have something for you. Mm-hmm. And she hands her a wrapped gift. And she's like, let's do this instead. Let's call it a housewarming gift. And I'm like. <laughs> yeah, because she says, since we're going to save this place. Yeah. So clearly that's the idea that Ishuk has is that they're going to renovate this house, mm-hmm. make it back to its original splendor. And so this is what Edda gives her. I thought it was interesting that Ishik asked if she painted it because that really alludes to mm-hmm. Edda's artistic side. Yeah. And um, makes me curious about what her future mm-hmm. does look like as far as what she's doing. So I was like, okay, that's an interesting little tidbit. Yeah. But then she opens it because mm-hmm. it's very clearly a picture of or a, fr- a frame of some sort. It's like a big right. wrap square. So when she opens it, it is the original piece of art that Ashuk mm-hmm. was drawn to when she first came to the house in high school. The one that Sinan told his dad not to take, that his stupid father took anyways. Yeah. So Lord only knows the adventure this painting has been on, that it took for Edda to track it down and get it back. Mm-hmm. So just that gesture alone is enough to elicit an emotional reaction. Yes. yes. But... <laughs> It was that was a very strong reaction, though. Very strong. And immediately, I was like, "Okay, well, see, non stop." I was like, "Okay," because obviously, I can't, I can't ponder anything, right? So I was like, "I can't wait to hear." Like, I can't wait to hear what no, Ashley thought, yeah, and no, if she had the same first thought that I had when I yeah, first no. watched this episode. Immediately, I'm like, "Oh, she's bawling her eyes out." Okay, Sinan's dead then. <laughs> Like <laughs> then she only sent you know three letters. Like clearly, clearly, Sinan is the missing one, and it's because he's dead. <laughs> well, and like what, like then what better way to like preserve? I mean, it would make a lot more sense why that yes. house holds all this importance yes. to preserve it or restore yes. it. Why um, nobody's there living in it? Why it's just totally abandoned? It, it everything lines up. So and if, you're like, if things change and he is not dead, then I will be very <laughs> shocked. But like, yeah, because like you said, that it's one thing to cry and be like, oh my gosh, this sentimental painting yeah. about like I can't believe you found it. But she girlfriend is like. Her she's, she's racked with sobs. Like yes. her body, it yeah. like it is. Yeah, it's like you know that you you have you ever watched you've watched Hitch, right? The Will Smith yeah, rom com. It's been a long time. But. Okay, so when he takes her 
on like a date day and he goes like pulls out all the stops you know Mm -hmm. because she kind of talked about you know her heritage and all this stuff and how her you know grandparents came through on ellis island Mm -hmm. so he actually takes her there and like is able to show her like where her grandfather first signed when he Mm -hmm. came like his actual writing right and when she sees it, she's, like, surprised. But then all of a sudden, she just lets out this horrendous, like, sob of, like, dis- like she's very distraught. And it's, like, not the reaction he was hoping for. He's, like, what the heck? Like, I thought you would love this. <laughs> and it, and he's, like – and she, like – it takes her a while to compose herself because she just has such a visceral reaction to it. And you're, like, what the heck? Because her grandfather was a butcher. But – he was not a butcher of animals like that was his horrible like murderer name like the butcher (laughs) of whatever and so like it was obviously a very conflicted like my murderer grandfather's name is right there but like that's what it reminded me of oh that's because she just has such a strong i was like this reminds me of that scene in hitch because she just like it's like a 180. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And Edda winds up kind of catching and holding her while she just mm-hmm. lets it all out. And, um, you know, that's – we kind of pan away from them. It's the end of the episode, but we pan over to an old doorframe mm-hmm. where at some point they all wrote their names. Yeah. Um, In that doorframe and they're still scratched they're in still there. They're carved in there, yeah. So – and that is where the episode ends. Yeah. So – um. This also would have been a – like, I feel like this would have been, an like, an okay season finale. Like, because obviously oh, that's a very cliffhangery sort of, like, much. scene. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm glad we get one more. Yeah. And I'm glad we're not watching this in real time where we actually have to wait for season two to drop. Because I actually think there was a – as it is with Netflix, it's always a big chunk of time between seasons. Right, right. They don't follow a particular timeline. Um but then I think a lot of this got pushed because of COVID and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it was an even bigger gap before the final eight episodes were released. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah. So I'm like, well, at least we'll just get to – we'll just get to watch right through all of them if we <laughs> if we mm-hmm. want to. But anyhow. So um, a really good episode. Uh, both of – I mean, I think you'll agree next week after we, you know, watch and discuss for eight. Like, they're both really good like final episodes for a season Hmm, okay um and yeah so any i don't know any thoughts or like do you have any expectation for like anything that might happen or no i have a feeling something's gonna happen and they're gonna be saved somehow um but if if not it'll just be I'll just be curious where that takes everybody for season two mm-hmm. because so far the setting has mostly been at school and very school centric. Yeah. So if that is the case that everything actually happens and they all get expelled, it's just going to change things for season two. But yeah, that's, that's not true. impossible. Um, so, yeah. No, no, that was it. The cool. big thing was that I the second she started crying, I was like, okay, see, Nan is dead. <laughs> I know I'm kind of bummed we didn't watch this together because I would have loved to see like your initial like uh what (laughs) yeah it was a good episode though really good episode it really was so um yeah definitely worth the extra you know extra quote long Mm -hmm. (laughs) long episode length so yeah you guys so we will be 
we'll be back next week talking about the season finale. I'm very excited to watch that. Um, and yeah, and discuss it. So anyhow, um, you guys know the drill information in the episode notes. Just a reminder, the first part of the notes is going to be all kinds of earthquake relief information. Please feel free to scroll that, share that, share that stuff too. Even if it's not something you can necessarily contribute to sharing and spreading it, um, is huge in getting it, um, the views from maybe people who can or want a way to help but don't necessarily know how. So please take the time to scroll through that. But further down is just all of our typical episode information and places you can find us on socials, email, our merch store, all that good stuff. So thank you guys for joining us this week. And until next time, post your call.